0: Seven four Tango Whiskey for twenty six for three thousand, one four zero uh, on heading. to Frequent Flyer here it is Friday January 20 2023 here and uh we're back <laughs> it's been a uh, been a busy week of flyers news we sure got a lot to talk about and uh to help me do it as always my co-hoster Manny Benavides Manny what's going on
1: salutations and greetings gentlemen I don't think anything's really going on. Has has, has there been any uh, anything in the news recently that we uh, should be aware of? It's
0: been a quiet week. The Flyers are, you know, a well-run organization that have kept their noses clean and stayed, uh, you know, under the radar. It's eh, the moral of this story. <laughs> but uh, Mike Aceto's back as well. Mike, what's going on? Uh, not much guys. Glad to be with you tonight. This is
2: going to be a fun one. We, uh, yeah, the team is, um, you know, I don't know what they've been doing the past couple of weeks here on the ice, off the ice, national news, international news. What the heck is happening right now?
0: Yeah. You know, this is the third time that I'm going to end up talking about this. Um, this Ivan Provorov fellow and, uh, I'm not as happy. Uh, I I I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a angry man right now with this whole thing. And I think a lot of the positive vibes that originated from uh, his 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 acts um you know the, the outpouring of support for the LGBT community has kind of dried up a little bit and the ugly after effects the 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 homophobes, the bigots, the you know forty year old virgin maga men out there that are uh, reveling in this stuff. A lot of that is is coming to light more, and it's a real bad look for everybody involved. Um you know, shame on John Tortorella for not shutting that shit down and kind of feeding into it and not scratching Provarov. Shame on the Flyers organization for doing absolutely zero fucking damage control on this one. They just fed it to the Wolves. The NHL shrugged and said, well, what the fuck are we going to do about it? And then fucking You Can Play, Project of All People, those assholes. The stuff they have tweeted and then subsequently deleted over the last couple of days has been uh, damaging as well. Um, so the, the, the negativity of, of the the ugly side that uh, Provarov unleashed here is kind of in full force now. And, uh, you know, I've I've said my piece on this one. We did about a 20-minute segment on The Anthony Show where I, I gave my full thoughts on this one. So I'll turn the ball over to you guys here. But I just thought I wanted to get that out, that, uh, it, you know, the, the increasing ugly side of the fallout of this is starting to come to light. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not a good look on anybody.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I kind of echo a lot of things that have been said, um, I think, by you and Anthony, Dan, already and um i listened to snow the goalie recently and i think chris Terrian had some really good thoughts on this as well and i think you know we can get into a little bit more of the weeds and a lot of folks have already but i think at the end of the day it's just highly disappointing that 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 he took this kind of stance and that he's chosen this particular hill to die on um it is a i think it's absolutely ridiculous maneuver by him um i don't know how this is impacting him in terms of with his teammates right now, given all of the support and efforts that the majority of the team has made in this area. And to have a seed like Ivan Provorov kind of stick out and take all that away out of the night is just ridiculous. It's out of control off the ice behavior, in my opinion. Um, And I'm just disappointed in him. I mean, I think that there's honestly something wrong with this guy um, you know, I've said over the past couple of years that he just seems like a really angry young person. He's angry at the world. He's kind of halfway engaged, f- frustrated. Um, I haven't liked his body language on the ice during games, you know, staring up at the rafters. He looks exasperated all the time. I've, you know, heard some things about, uh, the Flyers recently did a charity, um, that casino night where,
0: he fans stood in the corner money. and was angry yeah. all time, brooding all exactly. night. Yeah.
2: yeah, fans paid money to be there. He didn't interact with any fans. He's in the corner the whole time. And, you know, these things kind of add up to a guy that is just disengaged. I don't think that you can be a leader, you can fit in in a professional environment and act like this. Um, and I think it's probably best for the Flyers to move on. I mean, there's a reason why this team has lacked cohesion over the years. It's been a variety of players, and I think at this point, it's pretty fair to speculate that Ivan Provorov may be one of the reasons.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, I I couldn't believe, you know, looking and following that game, and then I think it was Dan Knightley who pointed out, he, like, they, all of a sudden it was like, Provorov isn't on the ice for the warm-up. And then Dan Knightley... Uh, tweeted out uh you know hey jesse puliarvi is uh scratched and it it, sound, it sound-
0: was it sounded like a trade rumor at first yeah when they first said that he was scratched it's, it's like oh they're going to trade the guy that was the first uh, initial thought of through the whole thing yeah
1: yeah and the whole time i was i was like whoa i'm like this is huge and then all of a sudden then i don't even know who it was at first it might have been evil gritty uh putting something like oh yeah it's because of the jersey he's not going out there because of the jersey and uh i was like really i'm like that kind of bothered me like there was like a little bit of cognitive dissonance there and i was like yeah i mean he i know that he's kind of a strange you know guy and and whatnot and he's not always yeah you know had the best reputation for being you know uh, you know a player's player kind of thing but i didn't think he would do that and, i couldn't and,
2: believe it i couldn't and, be- and, i thought you know. it was a
1: joke so did I. I thought that somebody was just running with this and turning this into something. And it turns out that all the stuff that people were saying about this guy going back, you know, a year and a half or so, turns out to be true. I just wish that these people, when they get this information about what type of a guy he is, that they would be a little bit more forthright with, you know, what exactly it is. But disappointing is the word. Like I was a legit. Provorov fan i i liked him i i really think that he is uh he has a good hockey player in him and for him to do what he did and i i tweeted out his actions made him the center of attention on a night that didn't belong to him it put his teammates in a terrible spot it made the organization look foolish and and terrible at their own planned event ivan Provorov is a shithead and you know what? I stand by that. Ivan Provorov is a shithead. A yep. complete and utter shithead. He made a stupid stupid decision, and I know that uh listen, based on the stuff that people have been tweeting me, Dan, kudos to you and to everybody else that, you know, gets inundated with this kind of viciousness and uh and bile uh every single day. I don't know how you guys do this and and follow along with with and listen to people like this. But the amount of people listen, I get it. He has the right to his opinion. He has the right to his beliefs. I'm not saying that he doesn't. But there's also a a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. And no matter what your religious uh, background is, if you have religion at all, the central tenet of any religion is treat others the way that you would want to be treated. And that's the ultimate thing. uh, The golden rule. The golden rule. I mean, I am... I I am, I consider myself a religious person. I don't think I am a very religious person, but I, I am of a religious background. And that's just how I live my life. You just treat others the way that you want to be treated. That's simple. And he treated his teammates, his coaching staff, and the organization like absolute shit on that game against Anaheim.
0: It was, it's, it's, I don't think that was the hill to die on. You know, for Provorov, you know, maybe it stems from religion, but my guess is there's more to this. There's there's that deeper hatred that lies within this guy, and that's why he did that. And, and you know, you're on a team with Tony fucking D'Angelo. Like, of all fucking people, Tony D'Angelo's out there, and he put that jersey on because he yeah. just sat there and ate his shit and did what he had to do. You know, for the betterment of everybody, you know, it's just... The, the Flyers organization did a good job for Pride Night, and I, wanna, I, I still want to keep reiterating that, because at the core, what that night was supposed to be, they did a good job. They did a good job, and it was completely overshadowed by Prover at the time. They stole the show, and now... The, you know, weighing the outcomes of this whole thing, they are so far in the red with the entire fucking program, you know, with this ProVrov thing and all the negative backlash that has come from all of it, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, a knight that was supposed to be celebrating this stuff has turned into such vitriol, such fucking hatred from you know all corners of, not just the fucking hockey world, not just the Flyers world, but all over. I mean, this is a national fucking story that this guy sat out. And you know, Manny threw something in the uh, uh, group chat there and I, th- I was thinking about this one myself, like is he the first person to, in any kind of theme night for any hockey team in the NHL, to actively boycott something, you know, to to sit out. I can't think of another player that did it. I feel like that would come into mind right away. What kind of example does this set moving forward for this kind of stuff? Because Anthony pointed this out. The number of pure players in the NHL, there's a good chance, at least a couple dozen of them, share mm. the exact same beliefs that Proverov does. You know, the, the same hatred, you know what kind of example does this set moving forward? How many players are going to start sitting out on nights like this? You know, I think it's just, it is a can of worms that was opened that I don't think we have seen the complete worst of yet. And um, just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, that Provrov did this to his teammates and the organization and, and the entire uh, LGBT community.
2: I can't imagine, like, what kind of person do you have to be for this event to trigger you to this extent, like for f- you have a to, Jersey
0: for 15 fucking minutes, you like, couldn't just you have swallow to literally shut the fuck up and get out there and do out
2: it. out of your mind. Almost like, even if, you know, you have certain views, like you don't believe in certain things and you're extremely re- uh, religious and you're very devout in certain ways. And, you know, pretty hardcore on certain things. You can put all that to the side. Like this event actually triggered him to such an extent that he made such a big deal about this. Like, what fucking planet are you living on, Provorov? Mike, like his his ability to weigh strengths and weaknesses, pros and cons, costs, benefits, like where is his mind in all of this? You know, even if he is, you know, a like a crazy bigot and hates, you know, certain types of people, like, for fuck's sake, why would you choose this instance? You know, why would this actually set you off? That's the thing that really, really concerns me about the type of person that this guy is right now.
0: Yeah, I would agree. It's not a good look. And, you know, when when Tony D'Angelo puts a jersey on without any problems, and then you've got Scott Lawton and GVR who are hardcore behind this cause, what the fuck do they think? You know, it, what do? And, and the rumor has that the players were some of the ones that pushed the hardest for the jerseys to begin with. You know, if you've got a... Relatively supportive room there, and this shithead's going out there and saying, "No, fuck you, I'm not taking part in this." What does that do to the locker room? You know yeah. what? What is the the internal feeling right now from this team? Mm. And and I don't know, man. Uh, this was this was uh, uh, the the multi layered problems that this stemmed from. Um, you know, you, you got to wonder what what that room is like right now mm. uh, with Provorov kind of on the outs, and the fact that he was not punished from the organization uh, at all.
1: Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad you mentioned Tony D'Angelo. Like, like this is a guy that's had you know a bunch of problems follow him wherever he's been, um, various incidents and whatnot. But he still put on that jersey because he didn't want to show up his teammates. He didn't want to disappoint the people in the locker room. And regardless of you know whatever his personal beliefs are, Tony D'Angelo, I will at least say you know what good on him for actually putting that jersey yep. on and going yep. out there and doing this thing because the reason that i get so upset and people on twitter are like well you're judging ivan provrov yes. yeah you're goddamn right i am judging <laughs> of course <him>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm not i'm not calling him a i'm not going to call him a bigot or a homophobe or anything else i will call him an asshole because he's being selfish because his teammates, and by the way, I've I've had negative and positive things to say about Scott Lawton and really negative things about James Van Riemsdyk. Those guys obviously put in a lot of time and a lot of effort into making this event something worthwhile. And Ivan Provorov just took a big steaming dump all over yep. their efforts, all over their night. And if you don't think that, that's gonna, that those players in that locker room don't have in the back of their mind that you know what this guy's a fucking kook this guy's a weirdo and he doesn't do the stuff that everybody else is doing in this room he's a problem I don't know what to tell you we're recording this you know context is everything this team was eight of the last ten games they'd won they were on a hell of a run a run that I can't believe that they that they went on perfectly honest I totally underestimated the type of team that this was then they went and this thing happened. And yes, okay, they still beat the Ducks. But then, as of yesterday, they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm going to be really interested to see what this team is going to be like the next three or four games. And I think it's going to be really indicative of whether or not this is actually a cohesive locker room or not. And I don't know if the three four games is going to actually do it, but if they start going on a skid, people are going to be jumping to conclusions here and I don't blame them.
2: Mm-hmm. It's certainly possible. Uh, you know, I would, I mean, maybe it helps them in the long run here, as, as sick as that sounds. But, um, you know, there's some other conversation here with, you know, getting into more of the weeds of it in terms of like whether or not Provorov actually violated his contract by not participating here. And we had kind of talked about this a little bit off air, but it's kind of an interesting, I think, topic to examine, um, At this point, there historically, so I did some research and historically there was a a clause in standard player agreements that said, uh, and I'm gonna paraphrase that the players were required to cooperate with the club um, and participate in any and all reasonable promotional activities of the club, which will, in the opinion of the club, promote the welfare of the club and to cooperate in the promotion of the league and professional hockey generally. Now, that was in the standard contract for probably for generations in the NHL. And I was doing some research, and I'm not sure if it still says that anymore. I think that um, a lot of this stuff has kind of been folded into the CBA, and the CBA does not mention this sort of thing. But it's possible that that this still is an NHL contract. You know, I haven't seen Provorov's contract. It doesn't have to be just the standard language. But um, it's an interesting topic that I think got some traction on Twitter about – whether or not Provorov, you know, violated something in his contract or the CBA by not participating.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know whether he broke anything officially, but this does feel like one of those things. You know, we've seen people get scratched for missing team breakfasts and shit like that, and not oh, yeah. participating in, in whatever, missing a practice or something like. It was well within the Flyers' right to scratch the guy. You know, you don't need a goddamn reason to scratch a player. You know, you can just fucking do it. And, and it just, uh, I don't understand why that one. And, you know, Mike, uh, we talked a little about this in the, our group chat, so we might as well bring it up here. When he pulled the religion card, you know, do you think that had any, uh, you know, boundaries as to what they could or cannot punish him with?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's where this starts to get really, really hairy is uh when somebody says that as an employee, the employer needs to be really careful about reacting and and penalizing that player for it. And if it is, you know, some sort of religious exemption that he's claiming, like for example, if he had a certain I don't know, hairstyle or something and the team was trying to force him to cut his hair, you know, um, then in that situation he would have a legitimate argument. Um under those circumstances. But the way that I was looking at this whole thing is that I don't think that wearing a black warm up jersey with rainbow lettering for 15 minutes during warm ups can even constitute anything remotely related to a religious exemption. It is far too attenuated and far too remote of a connection to reasonably considered a violation of religious beliefs, no matter how wacky your beliefs might be. So, you know, I kind of, um, here's an example that I just thought of is let's say that your religion says that you need to stone dogs to death. Okay. And, uh, and you hate dogs and you stone them to death. And, um, your team decides to do an animal rights activity, um, uh, before the game and wear SPCA jerseys or something you say, no, I'm not going to wear that kind of jersey because my religion says that I need to stone dogs and I can't support dogs and I'm not going to wear the jersey and you know I can't get punished for it because of my religion. In that situation, you know, I don't think that any rational court is going to say, "Yes, that's what the religion says." um and and you are right, you know, to not be punished. There's no religion that says that. And I think that my analogy here is that wearing a black jersey with colors for 15 minutes as a pro hockey player is akin to something like that. It's just, it's too attenuated. It's too remote from what his religion might be for to be even considered an exemption. Um, you know, that's how I look at it. Some other people might think it's, you know, a certain stance and it's, you know, ironclad. It says it in Russian Orthodox and all this. And I don't know. I don't think it's I really don't think that that it constitutes that.
1: So I was just looking up and I know that everybody was pointing out the player contract uh, stance on how what it what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do in the CBA. So I'll pull up. uh, It says Article 7.2. Uh, Neither the NHLPA, the NHL, nor any club shall discriminate in the interpretation or application of this agreement against or in favor of any player because of religion, race, disability, color, national origin, sex, sexual orientation, age, marital status, or membership or non-membership. I don't. Obviously there's a little bit of context missing there, but that's what people have been tweeting out. Um, I don't know if anything related to religious beliefs or anything is inside that CBA. And I don't know if that prohibits John Tortorella or the flyers from saying, you know what, you're scratched for this game uh, because you didn't participate in a team activity. And as long as it's phrased as a team activity Mm -hmm. and not a religious activity activity, I don't know if that has any bearing on that sort of stance or case as well. And the only other thing before you respond, Mike, is I was looking up. Uh, I couldn't remember the basketball player's name. I actually got it wrong. Uh, but it was Mahmoud abdul Raouf. Played for the Denver Nuggets, the Vancouver Grizzlies. And back in the 90s, I remember this. This guy refused to stand up for the American National Anthem during NBA games. And he said that the flag was a symbol of oppression, and the United States had a long history of tyranny, and that he was Muslim, and that as an Islamic person, he could not stand for a national anthem. And the NBA suspended him, and he was uh, fined thirty one thousand seven hundred and seven dollars per missed game. So hmm. I don't there is also precedent there. I don't know what was in the NBA CBA back in the day but I wonder if the next mm-hmm. time that they do a negotiation if the NHL is going to bring up uh something like mm-hmm. this to put in the CBA to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen because this is a really a black mark for the league it really is.
2: Yeah, I could see him doing something like that, Manny. I think that they would have these sort of promotional things as like maybe like a team vote or something or organizational vote and and provided that there is you know some sort of majority for it or it it clears something, then it constitutes a team activity, like Dan mentioned, like a breakfast or something. Then if you don't engage and participate in the team activity, then that is grounds for punishment. Um, Doesn't mean that you're not going to get paid. Doesn't mean that you're going to get fined. I mean, maybe, but um, certainly grounds for a coach to bench you, you know, for not participating. Um, in terms of of Tortorella potentially benching him for for his actions at this point, the one thing that I think could be an issue if he if he were to do it, and to couch it under not participating in a team activity because it's not spelled out in the CBA is that it would be it be considered something that's called pretextual, that it's 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 just masked. It's like well we all know that it's because he refused to participate in this you know, in the morning or in the, um, in the pregame skate with the Jersey. And you're just saying it's because of his play isn't good enough, or he's not, he seems tired or he's not engaging with teammates in another capacity. And they would say that it's pretextual and they may, I mean, I don't know how that would come out. Um, but I do know that coaches have a tremendous amount of discretion when it comes to benching players. There is, there's nothing in a contract and there's nothing in the CBA that says a coach can't bench a player. And there's nothing in the CBA that even addresses that i took a I took a pretty hard look at that before the show tonight and um, there's really no mention as to what a coach can or can't do with a player um, so if a coach thinks a player is not playing well or just doesn't like the guy for whatever reason he's benched now it's another story if you want to find him you want to you know reduce his contract or something like that but in terms of benchings, you know I think a coach has has a lot of flexibility on that
0: yeah I don't think you need you know an ironclad reason to bench a player, you can do that for any reason, you know, whether it be mid-game or, or pre-game, you know, whatever the cause is, I'm pretty, I don't think you need, you know, and, you, know, I just, I don't even know if benching would have fucking done anything, you know, in the grand scheme, like, once you found out why he was scratched, it would still cause the same blowback, you know, the organization would have looked a little more fucking competent that they punished the guy for being an asshole, but, you know, once the news broke as to why he was scratched, the the the, the negativity uh, was still going to be there. They were still going to make fucking national news for this bullshit. And, you know, I thought over and over again, like, what could... You know, how could they have handled this differently from an organization? If ProVar was hell bent on not doing this, like, well, I mean, it was scratching him and finding him a fucking ton of money. But, you know, can they even do that with the religious stuff? And then it's just... Uh, this this sparked something far bigger than the flyers benching him you know you 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 started a counterculture fucking you know he's the goddamn bastardized pariah now for for so many of these anti fucking lgbtq people you know to 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 build on his jersey sold out on fanatics i sold my pro jersey to some hateful asshole this morning um which is funny because I made like two hundred dollars in that jersey. So if you want to be a piece awesome. of shit, at least pay me to do it. That's fine by me. Yeah. Wow, you, you
1: got you got owned, Dan. Yeah, you just made, <laughs> made two hundred. I just made two hundred <laughs> nice. bucks. Yeah,
0: awesome. and uh, you know the warm up jerseys were sold. They were sold for just shy of fifteen thousand dollars. I bought one. I bought Wade Allison's warm up jersey. Um, That's
2: amazing! Holy hell.
0: Congratulations. Yeah, cool. nine hundred and fifty bucks for uh, Wade Allison's jersey. I'm a man of my word. I advocated awesome hard jerseys. for this. I said last year I fucking warm up jersey, so I was going to get one. And I when I sat down on the auction page, I realized oh. I hate every last one of these fucking players on this current roster. But Wade Allison was the one guy that I actually liked, so that was the one I was going to go for. And I got it. And you know what? This, this is what it's for. You know so there there were good things to come out of this, you know, which is the part that keeps fucking getting overlooked in this whole thing because of, of how negative this Provarov thing is, but yeah, it's a bad look on the organization, it's a bad look on the league, and the you know, Provarov is the, uh, you know, one asshole that started this whole thing that um, ruined, uh, ruined it for everybody, which is uh, just unfortunate. So you asked
2: what the Flyers could have done differently, it's a great question, and we kind of speculated on a couple things, you know, before the show, I think it was uh, earlier this week that the Flyers one were one of the last teams to actually have a pride jersey. I yes. think there's maybe a handful of others, but and we were always wondering why, you know, why not? And maybe we don't know this for sure, but maybe it was because they, they knew, knew there was going to be some potential blowback here. And at some point they just had to move on with it because they were getting to the end of the line where they're just not doing it. Everybody else is. They look foolish to not have a pride jersey. It's a big deal.
0: Damned if um, they do, damned if they don't kind of thing. Yeah, and
2: they just yeah. pulled the trigger. On the other hand, if they if they didn't know, but they suspected that a player was going to sit out warm-ups, which would be a big deal. It's never been done before. You know it's going to be horrible, horrible PR why didn't you figure out a way to mitigate this beforehand? Cause as far as I've read zero damage control, zero. Yeah. There's no damage control. They were shocked. You know, front office had no idea. Torts had no idea. Um, and you threw torts in front of the media, try to scramble to try to figure out how to do this. You Notice know, So Chuck Fletcher has said fucking nothing. They submitted like,
0: um, a PR statement. Like <laughs> You're a never going to fucking statement. see Chuck Fletcher on this topic. Of course not. He's staying yeah, far away from this. Yeah,
2: I mean, And this is a Fletcher thing. I mean, this is this is really a Chuck Fletcher thing or, you know, maybe a Val Camillo thing. It's really not the head coach's mess right now to clean up. Um, And they kind of threw him in there. And, you know, Tort said some things that didn't resonate too well on this on this issue. But I think the organization really dropped the ball on figuring out, you know, they knew that they had some players that may have had some issues with this. And you want to make sure that you have that all figured out before something like this happens, because it looks so bad. And, you know, I blame po- I blame Ivan Provorov, and I blame the front office and some folks in the organization for not vetting this properly.
0: Yeah, I, I can't believe there was zero damage control from the organization. And the fucking statement they sent out after the game, just horrible, yeah. fucking blanketed. I don't even know what it was, but we oh, support the Shut the fuck up. No, you don't. You know, it, I cannot believe there was no damage control. And there's been all kinds of fucking rumors and stories about... Whether or not they knew going in, you know who knew? Apparently, like they, they Provera brought this up like a week in advance, like, "Hey, I'm not gonna do this," but it never made its way to the fucking PR side that had to deal with this Par one. For the
2: course with these idiots, they don't communicate. Yeah, yeah,
0: you got the you got the the, the hockey ops side and the business side that don't even fucking communicate. Apparently, because you, you know, threw the PR side out to the fucking wolves in this one. If they did know, you know, if Chuck Fletcher did know, and the fact that there was no kind of ass covering whatsoever ever here by this organization blows my fucking mind because you would think once you find out the program is going to pull this stunt, you would try something, something to cover your asses here. And they did not even attempt to do that. They just got fucking blindsided by this, whether they knew it was coming or not.
2: They're a bunch of wusses. There's no one there that wants to put their big boy pants on and go talk to Ivan Provaroff beforehand and say or have a conversation with the locker room at the beginning of the season. Say, hey, we have these promotions coming up. We want to ensure that there's team unity here. If anyone has an issue with it, please come forward in private. We can talk about it, you know, on how to how to manage that. Nobody has the fucking balls to do that except John Tortorella. Um, It obviously didn't happen. It should have happened.
0: But it's, it's just par for the course with these people. Tortorella was not the, uh, <laughs> voice of calming nature. This is not the tool for this job, uh, you know, Tortorella to come out and, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think anything Tortorella said is, is factually wrong, but I don't think you need to be so goddamn abrasive in this situation, you know, you should have, uh, tried to calm tensions rather than continue to stir the fucking pot, and, uh, you know, it was just horribly, horribly handled by, by everyone involved, both the organization and the league. Their goddamn piss-poor message they put out of that one, which is like, ah, we don't fucking give a shit what our players do. <laughs> it's just like, fuck, man, the, the, the bad PR taken from, you know, the entire fucking league because of this fucking guy being an asshole because he couldn't put on a jersey for 15 minutes. You know, the, the consequences have been just, just out of this world.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it raises the question of, uh, you know, if that's the case, then then why do these nights? And I know why they do them. It's to raise awareness and to, you know, make an inclusive community because hockey is supposed to be for everyone. Yeah, it's hockey, about that
0: sweet cash they get from uh, you can play to sponsor them
1: that that I'm sure that everything plays a role. Right. And and the whole thing with this is is apparently they did know in advance and that Provorov let it be known that he wasn't going to be going out with the jersey. And, you know, apparently there were conversations in the locker room from what I can glean. There, There's so much information out there. And I think it was Charlie O'Connor um, from The Athletic. And I don't subscribe to The Athletic. But people were saying that uh, apparently there were locker room conversations. And he still steadfastly said, nope not going to do it um today uh elliot friedman on 32 thoughts uh when commenting on it said that uh, the players talked about it and Provorov refused and then the locker room had a conversation about well do we still do the jersey thing um because we all should go out with the jerseys or none of us should go out in the jerseys and the consensus around the room was fuck this we're we're, we're putting on the jerseys And if that's the case, I actually think that the Flyers players should be commended. Um, And, you know, maybe the organization even should should be commended for that, even though I don't think they really had anything to do with it. But it does show a little bit of uh, of bravery to say, you know what, even though we're not all all on side here, this is a team initiative and we're going to do this together. Um, And you know what? In a way in a way, you can also spin it on the other side and say, this could be the locker room saying, fuck you, Ivan Provorov. Fuck yeah. you for sitting in the corner by yourself at the casino night. Fuck you for being something that you we thought you were going to be, but you're not really. You know, Fuck you for doing all these stupid things. Fuck you for making it all about you and, and not about everything else in this team and this organization and the things that we're trying to accomplish together. By the way, we're in the middle of a nice winning streak. And now you're doing this asshole, complete asshole. And now it ostracizes Ivan Provorov and he's on an island all by himself. And the rest of the team did their thing, including Tony D'Angelo. And everybody else, which, again, I I think shows that Tony D'Angelo is at least willing to,
0: hey, I'm going to do this. That's a very underrated part of the story is the fact that Tony D'Angelo, of all fucking people, this guy is on this team. And he put on that jersey and just went out there and, you know, did his thing for 15 minutes because, you know, he had to.
1: How easy would it have been, though, for Tony D'Angelo to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm with Ivan. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, he could have.
1: It would have been really easy for him to do that. And that's the thing that I think that this uh, this story and the thing that drives me nuts is people on there going, the media, the media turned this into a story. No, they didn't, dude. The guy did not go out for the warm-ups. He knew that people were going to be paying attention. He knew people were going to be talking about this. You're asking the... the you know, Everybody bitches and complains about the media and you know what? Sometimes it's warranted. But then when they don't report something they get shit on yeah. and then when they do report things they get shit on so what are they supposed to do like there was there was one moron on on twitter I, he didn't interact with me but like literally his twitter bio says media member and he shits all the media turned this into a story dude you've got a podcast you're a media member you're like you're like me okay you're 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 a fucking joke seriously your take I'm a media member. The media did they, a they, they joke. They, they blew it out of proportion. They didn't. Provorov blew it out of proportion. Yes, he has the right to his beliefs. Yes, he has the right to an opinion. But you know what? He let his teammates down. He let his organization down. And he put all of those things below his beliefs. And that kind of tells you more about him as a player and as a teammate, than just about anything else. Yep, I would agree.
2: So how do you guys feel like this impacts Ivan Provorov's uh, ability to be traded, his, his tradeability, his uh, appeal to other organizations? Um, I, I don't think that there was a concern necessarily about him um, being difficult to get along with, difficult to play with, uh, having a potential locker room issues or anything like that. But I think that this definitely illustrates that there could be something there. There's certainly organizations in this league that would not take very kindly to this type of behavior and not participating. Where do you guys stand on that? Do you think this is going to have uh, a negative impact?
0: I don't think he's getting moved to the deadline now. Uh, I think it's too soon, but six months from now when the off season rolls around, nobody's going to fucking remember this happened, you know, and I brought this up you know, with the D'Angelo thing on, on Flyers AD, like, Tony D'Angelo punched out his own fucking goaltender, you know, and there was apparently a very hot trade scene for him before the Flyers gave up three draft picks for the fucking guy, you know, and all the baggage he has. You know, by the time June rolls around and the offseason happens, nobody's going to fucking remember Provrov did this shit. You know, he's going to he's gonna have that cloud following him through his whole career. The fan base of whoever acquires him probably is not going to be thrilled, you know, like most of us were when D'Angelo showed up, but... At the end of the day, six months from now, I don't think it's going to affect his trade value much. You know, unfortunately, I just don't think there, – there. I think there are going to be a few teams that are not in the running. Seattle, Vegas, New Jersey, some of the teams that take this a little more seriously probably will not throw their hat in the ring on this one. But, you know, I, I don't think a lot of teams can take the moral high ground on, on something like this to a point where they're going to refuse to touch it. You know? Um, I, you know, you may limit your market, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really affects the trade value, unfortunately. Maybe fortunately, if you want to get rid of this guy, you may as well get something for him. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, I think that if he were to be traded, that a team acquiring him would have enough of a leadership core where somebody like Provorov wouldn't really make a difference. You know, if this guy wants to come in and play on the second pair, you know, defense and hang out on an island in the locker room and not have dinner with anybody and you know be on his own, fine. We already have enough of a leadership group here, enough team cohesion, where we just kind of need another cog in the wheel right now. Um, unfortunately, it's not really the case with the Flyers because he's supposed to be pretty much their probably their best player, maybe their top two best player, and uh, and there's really no room for that on a team like the Flyers to have a guy that is separated to the extent that Provorov is. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're Provorov too. Wh- you probably want to get out of Philly you'd think at this point i mean he's you know like we said he seems like a really angry and frustrated guy i'd i'd imagine he wants to move on um you know why go through all this and potentially damage your ability to get dealt hopefully it doesn't damage it because i'd like to see him moved as well for many reasons this just kind of adds to the adds to it
1: um i just thought of something and uh, but i want to address the trade value thing Long term, I think Dan, you're totally right. People will forget. Yeah, unfortunately. Right now, he's toxic. Nobody's touching. It's
0: him. It's not going to happen before the trade deadline. No, no The gee, deadline. You know what? Uh, even at the draft,
2: it may last because this got so many headlines. I mean, this was this was on like national news. Yeah, this shit. was national
0: news. This was not. <laughs> I mean, talking. this
2: is a big deal. Uh, it, so it there's a chance it
1: lasts. It was news up here in Canada. CSN was all over it. Uh, City TV, which is a uh, kind of like a KTLA, well, I guess, uh, in the States. Non-sporting well news has picked it up. That's the
2: thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Is it yep.
2: Yep. news? that doesn't report on sports. It was all over that. So yep. and like that's pretty tough if you're in the NHL to make that. And he did it.
1: Yep. Here, too. So that's the thing. Like, yeah, the deadline, I don't think it was going to happen anyway.
0: No, he's got term left on his deal. There's no way they moved him at the deadline. The, the interesting thing is,
1: is what about the draft? Which is where the Flyers kind of need to make a splash uh, and maybe move a, a contract out if they can. That would be great. But I don't see any GM doing it uh, in June. Because they're going to sit and and say, you know, we're going to get this guy. The blowback, the fans, the social media stuff. The, the shitstorm that is going to follow this, even though if you separate Provorov, the hockey player from Provorov, you know, the asshole <laughs> the, the, and what he did, a team is going to is going to have a really hard time justifying that in June. You know, maybe after, you know, even in free agency. You know, out, out to make a trade with the Flyers. Once all the big pieces are off the board, maybe a team swoops in if they think that they can get them for a sweetheart deal, because they know that the Flyers are going to want to get rid of them. I mean, Evander Kane went to Edmonton, and that guy has a litany of atrocious behavior. It's and, never and stopped
0: players from it. being moved before, you know, in the NHL. Yeah. They're their wreckage, and you know, yeah, it it. it uh, I would assume he's gone in the off season. I think six months from now is is enough time um, for most people to forget. You know, once the, it's only been a couple of days. I think give it a couple of weeks. Once this kind of pushes to the back of most people's minds, you know, well, you're never gonna re- forget what Provorov has done. And I'm sure there is gonna be blowback when people acquire him. But you know, I, I don't think it's gonna stop most GMs from trying to improve the team to hunt down a, a top left handed defenseman like Provorov. I really don't.
2: What's he got three years left after this season at like six, eight? It's
0: it's two or three years. I don't remember what the Yeah, six, seven, five. Two years at six seven five, yeah.
2: Okay, only two. That's actually much more tradable than if it's only two years.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're gonna have a problem moving him. Um getting any kind of value for him, you know. <laughs> I think that was gonna yeah. be a problem. I think it's I think getting proper value for him in a trade was going to be difficult beforehand. You know, I just think this is a guy that's going to be to fill the shoes that he played from an on ice perspective on this team is going to be very difficult. Um, and now with the attached baggage, maybe you knock his trade value down even a little bit more. So, you know, the flyers, (laughs) yeah, exactly. The flyers are going to be uphill battle here. I think to, to move this guy properly one way or the other, um, I don't think they're going to have a problem moving him, but you know, getting anything back, you know, of equal or greater value is going to be uh, an uphill battle, especially for this Chuck Fletcher asshole. He's still going to be employed this offseason because they fucking keep winning games. God damn it.
2: When's he going to talk next, do you think?
0: I mean, he's due for a
2: mid-season <laughs> press Not conference, now. right? I mean, we're <laughs> right here It's going to be a little while where... now. <laughs> it's been about one year on the dot since Dave Scott and Chuck did that yeah just about yeah press conference last year, and we're ripe for it. I could see them. I mean, they're such fucking wussies that I bet that they just say we're not going to even do
0: a midseason one. You don't it's talk just... until the trade deadline or something like that. Maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wait, or even at that, like I have no confidence in these people to begin with. So maybe they, yeah, they be, they
0: wait till March. But, yeah, maybe that's early March, there. month and a half, six weeks at this point. Yeah, it may not be till then. I I can't imagine they, if they were gonna face the media about this, I think they would have done it already. It's been like four days, you know. If they if they really wanted mm-hmm. to get in front of this one, they probably would have done it by now. Um, you know, the they uh, just can... make Torts do it. Yeah, That's what just they do. Keep feeding it to Torts. Yeah, it's Torts and Scott Lawton, those poor bastards having. Yeah, to, they don't give a shit. You know, these people the hide
2: behind. The damn door, I mean, they do not want to talk. I mean, Dave Scott, there was something, I think, Carchidi had an article the um, uh, past couple of weeks about Dave Scott not speaking very much, you know, since that uh, sickening press conference last year. And that's by design, you know. He doesn't want to say anything. It's too hard to say anything about this team because they've failed on so many different levels.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, he's <laughs> he's busy moving that video game team to Seoul, South Korea.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear uh, Comcast is now the betting favorites to buy WWE as well? Can you imagine this guy running fucking wrestling now? That would be a hell of a fucking gimmick. God.
1: (laughs) Dave Scott goes to the ring and Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, throws him into the turnbuckle or something. Yeah, I guess. Dave Scott (laughs) fucking WrestleMania.
0: Gives him a noogie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw the betting odds in that one. I thought that was funny and yeah, fucking comcast <laughs> getting their dirty fingers on something else but uh
1: it's a retool hulk hogan <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> fucking nice
0: uh idiots fucking stupid fucking franchise
2: yeah they've got their hands full with this one i'll tell you i mean this is it's just it's one of these things you know you look at this organization from a high level and what else what other shit can hit the fan uh, they, they always, every couple of months, it's something. Some the Flyers major, never take
0: a day off from being the Flyers. Some they, they major ridiculous just... <laughs> thing comes,
2: and it's never a good thing. It's no. never like, oh, they just fleeced another team to bring in players, or they just got the number one pick in the Connor Bedard lottery. It's never that. It's always something atrocious, a massive injury, terrible PR something you know we had the lawsuit um of Jim McCrossen last year in addition to the litany of injuries and it's like what's next I mean there the could the be Ryan something else
0: stuff the Sean Couturier stuff the you know <laughs> constant cops call down another oh, fucking pride night thing like oh my god it's just well, the... <laughs> well,
2: well I'm gonna put it on the record because we talked about it in private before and I know that Russ Joy's mentioned it before this is pure speculation but there still is an investigation that's pending with the world junior team, the Canadian world junior team from what, five years ago with the sexual assault yeah. accusations. That is still pending, and we don't know anything about that. I hope that he is not involved, but I'm putting it out there on the record that if something else were to hit the fan, that something of that magnitude would be completely— Carter Hart's involvement? Yeah, something that happens to the Flyers. So we can rewind in a year, or you know, if anything ever comes out. But putting on the record now,
0: yeah, that would uh, fit in with everything else that's gone on lately. It would be luckily we got Sam Erson now. To actually, he's back with the Phantoms, but you know, I feel like Sandstrom to come in and save the day. What, what is this right? goalie thing? Fucking these people, just they have already coronated Sam Erson as their new favorite. He yeah. got sent down today, and. I mean, this was all, the fact that fucking Felix Hansen was in the HL for like a month already, I don't know how they got away with that in a conditioning stint, but he played like seven or eight games, but he was not waiver exempt, and Harrison is, this was always going to be the outcome you know, I get Urson's played well, but holy fucking shit! Like Carter Hart's still here. <laughs> like, have we really just thrown Carter Hart to the side like trash already, in favor of going with Urson, who's played like six games? This, uh, you know, the the goalie controversy. thing. I get it's a talking yeah. point right now, but you know, this is this is a topic from a year from now when Carter Hart's contract is up, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to make a decision about this then. Right now, like it's a nice little thing for Urson, but holy fucking shit! Why is this such a goddamn big story right now?
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be. I mean, if it actually may lend credence to the fact that the organization thinks more highly of Ursan because they want to give him more playing time at this point. If they didn't think as highly, maybe they would, you know, continue to kind of compartmentalize him as a backup. Um, but the fact that they want to, you know, get him in games more, um, maybe it lends credence to the fact that they see some more promise in him. Yeah. And that he might be a Carter Hart replacement sometime in the next couple of years if organization, you know, wants to wants to trade him for assets because they think that Urson is the solution long term after Hart. I don't know, but there could be some legs to that. But, yeah, it's like I'm not surprised. (laughs) I mean, we all saw this coming.
0: Yeah, theoretically,
1: we called it on this show. I I said that Ursun was going to go down just because he's waiver exempt. You need to know exactly what you have with Felix Sandstrom and give him his, you know, starts. He could have gone off to Europe. He didn't. He stayed. He re-signed. And you know what? All it does now is you throw him in there and if he plays well, you at least in your back pocket have another asset or chip that you can trade at the deadline.
0: And I don't think you're going to get a lot for him at all. But I saw it's, people today were like, oh, they should just put him on waivers and kept dirt. And I'm like, if by chance they put Sonstrom on waivers and then lost him on waivers, everyone would have been fucking angry, right? Uh, oh, we yeah. didn't get anything for Sonstrom. They sent him down and lost him for nothing. All these people just begging for it. I'm like, you bunch of fucking assholes. It's like Mark Friedman all over. Yeah, again. fucking Mark Friedman or Robbie Kubel or something like that. One of those fucking <laughs> nothing guys that would have been lost on waivers and people would have bitched about. So... Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. By, by the way, since we're talking about uh, people that uh, player, uh, players that people bitch about, everybody gets up in arms when Ryan Hartman scores a goal. People go up in arms when fucking Shane Gossesbear gets a point. Jeez. People go up in arms when Abe Kubel does something. How come nobody is talking about Martin Jones?
0: He's putting nobody. the kraken on his back
1: out there. Nobody is talking about Martin Jones.
2: They're three hours behind. We can't watch him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dave Haxtell and Martin Jones out there. Yeah, it's leading Hack. the way for Seattle. He's yeah. sacking up
2: under Hack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, the Sandstrom thing. I don't know why they they really have been treating him like sh- I don't know if there's a player in the franchise that has been boggled more over the last little while than... Sa- Remember last year when they played Martin Jones down the stretch after Carter Hart got hurt and they Ridiculous. didn't give Sandstrom yeah. any fucking ice time? And here yeah. he is this year. He's played almost exclusively on the second half of back-to-backs when the team is getting blown out against these fucking top teams. He's played twice in uh, since American Thanksgiving at the end of November. Like, they just... They really have just... I don't know why they don't like Zonstrom yeah. this much, but, man, they have set this fucking guy up to fail at every available opportunity. Which is weird because I think he's a perfectly fine goaltender. You know, I think you had Carter Hart very early in the year who was, you know, beyond elite. And or Sam Erson's done a good job. Carter Hart's still very good. You know, Sonstrom may not quite be at that level, but he's still a tier below. He's still a decent backup goaltender in the NHL. I have no idea why they fucking continue to refuse to play him like they have but man just give this fucking guy some ice time here there's no reason to to ride him on the bench for two months at a time before giving him a start in the second half of a back-to-back they gotta gotta be a little more attentive on that one but yeah I don't know I don't know why they uh, don't uh, just give this guy a, a real look
2: so they're both under contract Felix uh, Sandstrom and Hart for next year but only next yes. year Sandstrom at 775 it looks like and Hart at 3-9 yes and then in 24-25, Hart is an RFA, Sandstrom is a UFA. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with them. I mean, not interesting if Chuck is still the manager. That's the one one caveat. If he's still
0: here please. in 2025, I'm fucking off on myself. Oh, he will be. <laughs> <laughs> he will be. Yeesh. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't doubt it, but yeah, they're in a they've got three young goalies now, one of which in Hart, who is a Bona fide starter. He can keep up in this league. He's still he's, he's two years younger than Sandstrom. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. Like that contract extension when that rolls around. I mean, he's making three nine right now. He's that's going to at least double. You know, that's he's going to be an eight million dollar goaltender. You know, in a couple of years from now, at the bare minimum, you, you do kind of wonder if Urson shows up. I mean, you can always overthrow Sandstrom sooner or later. It doesn't really matter. But if Urson shows up and continues to look good, and he's still on his ELC, you know you can extend Urson at that three million dollar range for three years. Get rid of Hart, trade him mm-hmm. for a major asset up front or something like that, and, and and kind of extend that out and keep your crease cheap for the uh, foreseeable future there. So I, I, I do, you know, again, this is all stuff for uh, this time next year when you know Hart's contract is about to expire. But it is something that you gotta kind of wonder if they do, but. Oh, uh, fuck, trading Carter Hart. What you, I, I mean, there is no example of a franchise 25-year-old, 24-year-old now, 25-year-old, uh, this time next season, mm-hmm. you know, going to get traded for, for something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how this battle ultimately shakes out there if Erson continues his, uh, you know, rise and where he is, um, how they deal with this Hart thing. But,
2: yeah. Well, well, that's why they're kind of in a quandary now with it, because... If they were to trade Carter Hart, you want to do it while he has at least a year left at a low number. Yes. Right. So that's why it has to be done. If you are going to do it, you would do it this, this season yeah. or the summer. Uh, and if you wait into 23-24, there's no no team is going to take him because he's going to be due for a big payday. Um, you're going to be minimizing your return on your assets. It's just ridiculous to do that. And the problem is it would be better if, if if he was signed for one more year through 24, 25, because then if you were to kind of get a Sandstrom or an Urson I guess, in that mold to take over, you have an extra year to do it. So everything's kind of truncated a year early. I don't see them making that move. They're probably just going to re-sign him for, you know, some eight year deal on some huge, huge number. But at the same time, you know, given where the organization is at right now, um, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world in terms of you know at least thinking about it. You know, I wouldn't. You'd have to get back like a king's ransom and some major major assets back, or or at least a player or two that are major game changers. But and you need to have um, a
0: lot of confidence in Urson there to be able to produce yeah, long term you know oh, yeah. a six game sample size here while it's nice to see you know doesn't uh, prove shit <laughs> you know it's, it's a rather big gamble to take you know even if you're trading hard for Leon Draisaitl or something crazy like that you know you still need that goaltender um to to hold the fort down and you got to hope Urson can can do that so yeah, it's going to be a very interesting goaltending battle here over the next uh, year and a half or so but you know something that uh, who the fuck would ever have thought the Flyers had multiple good goaltenders at the same time what is this shit where was this during 2010 when they fucking needed it?
1: <laughs> well, I'm on. Uh, I am on DraftKings now, Mike. Nice, awesome. So, uh, so I'm looking up the odds. The odds that the Flyers are going to draft a goaltender this year at the draft, I'd say are pretty freaking high. Because if they get rid of one of one of those young guys, they're going to need to replace that pipeline. It, in a perfect world, and and listen, I love Carter Hart. I've got one of his jerseys. You know, I got the stadium series jersey with the big football letters on it. <sighs> he reminds me a lot of like a John Gibson. Like a guy with a ton of promise. The team in front of him is meh. And he does his best. And there's some games where he's, he's literally the only reason that they're around in the game. But he's also not the reason that they're really taking the next step. And I think that that's not his fault. But if in a perfect world, Mike, I think you're right. If he had one more year at the 3.9, it might make all the difference in the world. Because I'd be looking at him going like, okay, a 6.5 AAV would be just right for a guy like Hart, I think. But they signed him for the 3.9 million AAV. And at the time, it was a record for a goaltender.
0: For that about means. three hours until can uh, signed his contract. Yeah. That's
1: right. So does that condition Hart now to sit there and say, fuck you, I'm not taking 6.5. I want 7.5 or more.
0: Oh, this guy's going to get fucking paid on his next contract. Well, this is the thing. I mean, he is an RFA. So
2: if the organization wants to play hardball, yeah. they could just kind of give him like one year at you Know some high number in 24 25. I think that but one year you would take like him to a
1: uh, UFA
0: situation. though. It, oh, yeah, it might, it so might you'll be uh, 26 fucked. at that time. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True, true, good point. They got, I mean, you do have uh Fedotov still doing whatever it is that he's doing, and you got <laughs> the other in Russian kid, prison I think, camp, as well. yeah, the other right. Russian kid, Kosolov, from 2021, you know, so. Uh, I don't know if Fedotov ever comes over at this point. You know, theoretically, he's 25, 26. We should only have that one year of service, then should be good to go. But I, it's Russia. I find it hard to believe. They're just going to be like, okay, you can fucking go now. You know? So I don't think you can count on him. Like, if he comes over, no I guess way. it's a positive. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think, he's, uh, I don't think we're going to see him here. And, you know, the other Russian kid at this point, fuck, who knows what's going on with that? So, yeah, my guess is they uh, probably do take a goaltender at some point this year because I don't think there's anybody else in the system. You got Olin Mayer down there. The winningest goaltender in WHL history. Nice. <sighs> do yeah, we know?
1: Do we know if Ivan Fedotov is a Russian Orthodox?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they won't bring him over now because they don't want to fuck up their pride <laughs> night next year after they kick Provorov off the team. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with Hart is that it's either basically you make a move with him this off season or you sign him long term. Like those are the only options. Like, there's no short-term – there's no more bridge deals. There's no short-term, high-dollar high, high dollar shit going on. It's trade him this off season, or you're signing him on a – You got to trade know, him or you got to sign him, deal. yeah,
0: to, to a, a longer-term contract to get him under there and – yeah, it was... <laughs> it's the was – And then at that, that point, all these
2: him. other guys, I mean, you know, then Carter Hart is kind of like the um, uh, – what's-his-face in Florida? Um, Sergei Bobrovsky, yeah. where he's making so much money – he has to be the starter. Like you have to play him and any other good goalies you have are just going to be backups forever or trade bait. They're going to be the Cam
0: talibots behind the Henrik Lundqvist and, yeah, uh, and things it's, like that.
2: It's tough to get value out of those guys sometimes. Um, it's just like, you know, having a lot of good goalies can be a problem. Um, you want to have one stud and everybody else is destined to be a backup. That's the formula you want in the NHL. Um, because if you have too many good ones,
0: you can't have two studs. <laughs> yeah, because you can't you're have, have two studs because you can't pay them. Make a them, choice. Not yeah.
2: playing time. Yep. They're not going to develop properly. So, you know, that's the thing. With I'm not sure that Felix Sondström is destined to be like you know a, a great upper tier starter. Maybe he gets into I think serviceable like, you know, backup starter is a, Yeah, serviceable is backup
0: a spot for him. Yeah.
2: Maybe Urson has that in his blood, though, and, and you'd like to have the opportunity to see him progress and see if he's got it. This is so far so great, um, and it'd be a shame to kind of waste that if Hart's on some massive deal. But they're I mean, this goes back to management, too, is they need to have someone that that knows this in-house, that can make this decision at this point in time and push the right button and not fail on pushing the wrong button, which we've seen when they have young players in these situations before.
0: Yep. Well, we're at an hour here, so I think we'll wrap up this first episode. We talked about that uh, Proverb thing a lot longer than I thought we would, but, you know, it, we need it, it needs to be talked about. This is stuff that, you know, we need to dive into, and, and just because of the sheer ripple effects that it has caused um, for this organization. Um, so I'm glad we got, uh, glad uh, everybody had their chance to weigh in on this one, and, um... We shall continue on here, but uh, at Dan the Flyer fan, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pod. Plenty of stuff on the website, brotherlypuck.com. You can check that out. And uh, Manny, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: At Manny Benavides. And of course, always go to brotherlypuck.com to check out the latest. I know, Dan, you do a ton of work on the site and all the other contributors as well. Uh, oh, hang on. I'm getting something over the wire here. Paul Maurice, coach of the Florida Panthers, gets fined $25,000 for verbally uh, abusing the officials. He has freedom of speech, damn it. <laughs> First Amendment rights. God damn he it. He should sue. You know, Get him, Paul. Get him, he's, Paul. He's, yeah. he's a free thinker. He doesn't have to listen to what anybody says. It's his opinion. He's allowed to say to the whatever he wants to those referees. Good for you, Paul. Stand up for what you believe in. Well, you're a good man, Paul Maurice.
0: You know, we can joke about that, but I guarantee there's somebody on Twitter saying that exact same thing in total seriousness right now. and uh mike you can find me on twitter at flyer underscore af all right everyone till next time goodbye and good nights